Remember to drop your mic. Coming early, just go with us. <laughs> Earlier this year, there was a small group of us from church uh, with four-wheel drives, and we decided to take a day trip to the Glowworm Tunnel on the other side of the Blue Mountains. If you've never been to the Glowworm Tunnel, it is a marvelous uh, thing to see and a great drive out there. Uh, the road there is pretty easy uh, on your car. But then there are some side tracks which are really wonderful uh, for four-wheel drives. Uh, one such track appeared to have what looked like a nice, small, muddy puddle. And I pulled up to the muddy puddle and I, I grabbed the radio in the car and I spoke to Chris Rigby, who was in the car uh, behind me. And Chris is a seasoned four-wheel driver. And I said, Chris, what do you think about this puddle? He said, Mike, go for it. So I did, and I got stuck in what was not so little muddy puddle, and we couldn't move. And then slowly, water, muddy, dirty water started to seep in under the door frames. I'm like, Chris, you've got to pull us out. And he did. But not before a whole lot of water came into the car, and the kids in the back seat were excited and started climbing out the windows. Now, we eventually got out and the water was out and everything is absolutely fine. But when it was time for everyone to get back in the car, the kids said, we're not getting back in this car. We don't feel safe. We're going in Matt Phillips' car. Matt's safe. Now, I don't know if you've ever felt unsafe in your experience. I'm sure we all have at times. Maybe it's been in the car uh, with somebody walking home from Mount Druitt Station late at night, maybe at work with an emotionally abusive boss or colleague, maybe at home with a violent family member. And the question I want us to think through this morning is, what does it look like to be safe? And how does feeling safe actually change the relationships that we are in? Uh, If you are joining us today, you've come in week three of our teaching series called The Love Song, as we're looking at Song of Songs. And it is a unique book of the Bible, this book. And as I said before, this song was written by King Solomon. And it was written to give us a vision or a picture of what true love and intimacy can look like if we follow God's good pattern from the Garden of Eden. And last week in Song of Songs chapter one, we saw one aspect of this picture or this vision for love and intimacy and that is the power of our words and particularly using adoring words and that those adoring words can be powerful to overcome any words of doubt in a relationship and the words of adoration continue in chapter 2 as well Uh, verse 2 to verse 3 it begins like this like a lily among thorns so is my darling among the young women like an apricot tree among the trees of the forest, 
so is my love among the young men. Uh, She is to him a lily among the thorns, and he is to her an apricot tree, a unique tree that stands out amongst all the trees of the forest. I don't know if you have pet names for your husband or wife. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. If you don't, maybe try this one. You are my lily. You are my apricot tree. See how that goes. But what I want you to see as the chapter progresses is just how safe she feels in relationship with him. He is to her a place of safety. Have a look again at verse 3. She says, Like an apricot tree among the trees of the forest, so is my love among the young men. I delight to sit in his shade, and his fruit is sweet to my taste. Do you see there that her man, her apricot tree, uh, is not just wonderful because he is tasty, whatever that means, but also because he provides shade for her. Uh, Back in chapter 1 of the Song of Songs, uh, the woman, the wife, felt like that she was always outside in the sun, unprotected, and so her skin uh, was darkened and she felt unsafe by her family and particularly her brothers. But here, he provides the shade, the protection, and she delights to sit in his shade. And that image of safety continues in the next verse, verse 4, where she says, He brought me to the banquet hall and he looked on me with love. Now, if you've been a long-term church attender, you may have grown up uh, reading the the NIV translation uh, of the Bible. And it translates that verse slightly different, but words that if you've ever been to a wedding or if you remember choruses from the 70s and the 80s, it might sound familiar. The verse went like this, He brought me to the banquet hall and his banner over me is Love. love. Now, what does that mean? His banner over me is love. Remember, banners were often used by ancient militaries to mark that they were riding into town. And if you were living in a village in the ancient world and the, uh, the barbarians or the hordes were about to come into your village, but then your nation's army rode in with their banners and their flags, you knew that you were going to be safe, that your protective force was going to be there for you. Now, what might be a modern example of that today? Well, it's grand final day today uh, for the National Rugby League. It was the AFL grand final yesterday. And I'm lamenting again that the Bulldogs are not in the NRL grand final. But if they were, some people are scared of going to a Canterbury Bulldogs football match. I don't know why. (laughs) But if you're feeling a little bit insecure, if you went and sat under the banners and the flags of the Canterbury Bulldogs. You will be safe because the bottles are thrown the other way. (laughs) That's like a modern example. When you are under the banner, the flag of a protective force, you know that you can be safe. And she feels utterly safe in his presence because the banner or the flag that he waves constantly says, I am here, I love you, I will protect you. And then that picture of safety just reaches a high point in verse 5 and 6, where she says, Sustain me with raisins, refresh me with apricots, for I am lovesick. His left hand is under my head, and his right arm embraces me. 
Now, I was going to get Warren and Kay to come back up onto the stage and show you what that picture actually is, but I won't. But picture this. His left arm is under her head and his right arm is embracing her. It's a picture of intimacy, yes, but it's also a very, uh, it's a picture of vulnerability for her that he has her, his arms right around her but she feels absolutely fine being in his arms. In fact, she says she feels lovesick. She is vulnerable, yes, but she loves to be in his arms because she knows that those powerful arms are not there to intimidate her, but to initiate love and welcome. He is the place of safety for her. And as the song progresses, I want you to see just what the results of that feeling safe looks like, the pleasure of safety. Verse 8 to 15, let me read it again. And and notice the pace of these verses. Listen, my love is approaching. Look, here he comes, leaping over the mountains, bounding over the hills. My love is like a gazelle or a young stag. Look, he is standing behind our wall, gazing through the windows peering through the lattice. My love calls to me. Arise, my darling. Come away, my beautiful one. For now the winter is past. The rain has ended and gone away. The blossoms appear in the countryside. The time of singing has come. And the turtle dove's cooing is heard in our land. The fig tree ripens its fig. The blossoming vines give off their fragrance. Arise, my darling. Come away, my beautiful one. My dove in the clefts of the rock, in the crevices of the cliff, let me see your face, let me hear your voice. For your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, for our vineyards are in bloom. Did you notice the pace of the verses? They're they're quite fast and interactive and very active, full of expectation and excitement. The tone is quite playful. You know, he is described not as a lion hunting his prey, but he is a gazelle. Playful, eager, excited, swift and eager. And she is described as a dove, you know, innocent and fragile, pure, lovely. He he comes to her home and he's peering through the windows, not as a peeping Tom, but as a Romeo trying to grab the attention of his Juliet. Uh, And for whatever reason, it seems that they have been apart from each other for a little while. There has been a, a winter season in their marriage. Maybe he's been away from home, overseas, working. Uh, Maybe she uh, has felt insecure in their relationship. Maybe there has been some conflict there. We don't know. But what we do know is that he wants to be back with her. He loves her so much. And he's wooing her again with his adoring words. Come away, my dove, my beautiful one. Fly away with me. Now, when we get to verse 15, it's, a, it's an interesting verse. It kind of stands out in relation to the others. Catch the foxes for us. And it's unclear who is speaking uh, in that particular verse. As you look in your Bibles, you might see that there's a W in brackets. 
because we're not sure whether it's the wife speaking or it's the husband uh, speaking. But one is inviting the other to catch these foxes, whatever these foxes are that can ruin vineyards. What is that talking about? Well, I think the foxes here are, well, we know what foxes are like. Foxes are cunning. Foxes are fearful animals that can eat chickens and destroy vineyards and grapes and all of those things. They bring destruction. And I think what we're meant to see here is a picture of, of her fears and her doubts that could be a banner to intimacy with him. If she is saying to him, catch the foxes for us, she might be saying to him, if you want me to come fly away with you, you need to make me feel safe. You need to assure me that there's no foxes out there that are going to hurt me. And if it's him speaking to her, catch the foxes for us, he's saying to her, darling, you don't need to feel insecure or afraid. My banner over you is love, remember. I'm here to protect you. I provide you shade. Put away your fears. Put away your doubts and come out with me. The winter has passed. I'm back. Fly away with me and whatever the case the invitation works because have a look at verse 16 the result of her feeling safe my love is mine and i am his he feeds among the lilies before the day breaks and the shadows flee turn to me my love and be like a gazelle or a young stag on the divided mountains the gazelle who was gazing in verse 9 is now grazing among the lilies. And remember, she is the lily. Just let that thought stick in your mind for a little bit. And he who was bounding over the mountains before is now playing on the mountains. I'll let you imagine what that might be as well. How can she invite her man to graze on her, to play on her. It's because she feels absolutely safe. Absolutely safe. The foxes of doubt and fear have been overcome by his clear love for her. Or as we're going to read later in 1 John, perfect love drives out. And without any hint of fear, she finds absolute satisfaction in his arms. A place of safety leads to the pleasure of safety. Or another way to say the same thing is that satisfaction is dependent on safety. Satisfaction in relationships is dependent on safety. It was the case for my kids when they were in the car with me. It was the case for me when I was a young boy going out to play cricket. I hope that you're familiar with what that piece of cricket equipment is. It's called a protector or a cup, or as my boys like to say, the ghoulie box. Uh, and batsmen wear it to protect their groin region when they go out to bat. Now, one day as a young boy, I went out to bat and I forgot to put on my protector. Now, normally I feel quite safe and secure going out to bat, knowing that I've got all the protective gear, the pads and everything, and I'm quite satisfied and I enjoy the game. 
But when you face that ball and you suddenly realise, oh no, I forgot one significant piece of equipment. And now all fear starts to come into your experience. You start to sweat a little bit more as you realise how open and vulnerable you are. And you do not enjoy that experience. It's the same with relationships, isn't it? Only when you feel absolutely safe will you truly enjoy and find satisfaction in that relationship. Satisfaction is dependent on safety. And I want to say that that's exactly the same for our relationship with God. It's exactly the same for our relationship with God. So many people are searching for satisfaction in the things of this world, money, sex, power, which is only temporary. And so are always left feeling dissatisfied and wanting more. But Christians, on the other hand, for thousands of years have taught that true satisfaction is only found in a relationship with God who made you and loves you. But the sad truth is that for most people on this planet, God is not a safe place for them. God is not a safe place because he is perfect. We are not. He is sinless, but we are sinful. He is faithful and we are often faithless. And so by ourselves, we do not stand as natural lovers with God, natural friends of God, but natural enemies of him. He is not a safe place. I don't know if you've seen the line, The Witch and the Wardrobe, or, or read the C.S. Lewis book. There's this great line where the kids are talking about Aslan, the great and powerful Aslan, who represents God in The line, The Witch and the Wardrobe. And the children say to Mr. Beaver about Aslan, is he safe? And Mr. Beaver replies, of course he's not safe, but he is good, I tell you. And thankfully, although God is no natural safe haven for us, he is good. He is so good that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, into the world to live the perfect life that we couldn't, to die on the cross, to wash away our sins as we remembered this morning in the baptism service, that he has paid it all so that we do not now need to fear God. We can be forgiven. We can be his friends forever. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish or have a fear of perishing, but have eternal life. And so that means, as Psalm 46 says, that God can now be our place of refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. But some of you here this morning are not in that safe place with God. But you are not here by accident. You are here, I think, because God is calling you to come to the Lord Jesus, trust in him, and find God a place of safety now. What about our other relationships? That's our relationship with God. Well, again, the sad truth is that for many people in our culture... Even the most intimate of relationships that we have are not safe places. Uh, the police in Western Sydney say that domestic violence is the cancer of Western Sydney. 
there are the highest number of the incidences of domestic violence in Western Sydney than anywhere else in Sydney or New South Wales. Maybe you grew up in a home where that was your experience, where you saw verbal or physical violence in the home. Domestic violence costs the Australian economy $13 billion a, a year. Once a week, a woman is killed by her former or current partner. For many, intimate relationships are not a place of safety. And so this picture in Song of Songs, for many people, can be too good to be true. How can she be so vulnerable to him? How could she not be afraid that he will hurt her in some way or take advantage of her for his own pleasure? It's such an important question. And I think it's the reason why the wife in this song, the beloved, speaks directly to the young women in verse 7. Have a look at verse 7. For the first time in Song of Songs, we see what is known as a refrain, a repeated sentence that occurs over and over and over again because this is one of the key messages of the Song of Songs. Have a look at it, verse 7. She says, Young women of Jerusalem, I charge you by the gazelles and the wild does of the field, do not stir up or awaken love until the appropriate time. As I said, that's a refrain that appears at least three times in the Song of Songs. It's Solomon teaching us don't follow my example of instant coffee sex, just sleeping around with whoever I wanted to. It didn't work and it never brought satisfaction. But wait, wait until marriage and enjoy espresso coffee sex. And I think a reason in the context of chapter 2 here, A Song of Songs, of why it's important for the young women and the young men to wait is because of safety. In a sexual relationship, you do indeed become vulnerable to somebody else. And they can take advantage of you and they can abuse you. A sexual relationship is a dangerous relationship. It is a glorious and beautiful one as well, but it is potentially a dangerous one. And the only true safe sex is not what you were taught in high school. The only true safe sex is between a man and a woman who have publicly committed themselves to each other to love and to protect, to cherish and adore. That is the only true safe place. So if you're in a dating relationship here this morning or if you have children who you know are beginning to date, encourage them to wait. It's hard but it's not impossible. And if you have struggled in this area, then there's still good news. Remember, Jesus has already lived the perfect life that we couldn't. And he said, I still love you. I've died for you. Trust me and find forgiveness and, and choose now to live differently. Choose now to be a safe place for your current boyfriend or girlfriend. Choose now to be a safe place for whoever your future spouse is going to be. What about those of us who are married? Well, let me encourage you 
Satisfaction is dependent on safety. Be a safe place for each other. And particularly to husbands who normally are bigger physically than their wives. Be a safe place for your wife. Uh, husbands, if you're not sure what that might mean, talk to your wife. I'm sure she can tell you what that means. But there is some great wisdom already from Song of Songs chapter 2. Husbands, pursue your wife with adoration. Love her. Wave that banner that says, I will always be here for you. Be consistent in your actions and your love towards your wife. Don't be haphazard. The more, consi- the more you keep turning up as a husband, the more she will feel safe and secure. Husbands, be quick to initiate reconciliation. If you have been apart for whatever reason, conflict or, or time away, husbands, I think it's your role to pursue, like the husband here, go to the house, knock on the windows, the physical and the metaphorical, and pursue that reconciliation. Take that first step. Don't let the foxes of fear and doubt and conflict ruin your vineyard. Don't let winter be the only season in your marriage. And I don't know whether you're in a winter season at the moment. But spring can come. Sometimes it takes a little bit of effort to move from winter to spring, unlike the natural seasons of the world, which just naturally move from one to the other. Sometimes it takes an effort to move from a winter season to a spring season in your marriage. One way to help is to remember what you did the last spring. What did you do when you were dating? What movies did you go and watch? Rent them out on DVD again and watch them afresh. What did you, where did you like to go? Bushwalking? Skydiving? That's adventurous. Do them again. There are things that you can do to move from winter to spring. And then finally, a word to all of us, no matter what our relationship status. A word to us as a church. Brothers and sisters, is our church a safe place? Are we safe people to be around? Uh, Could people who turn up to church for the first time here on a Sunday feel secure? Or do they feel scared? Now, maybe you do feel scared coming into church for the first time, but lightning didn't come down and... And I hope that people will make you feel welcome and loved today. But are we a safe place? We won't be perfect at it, of course, because we're still human. But imagine the difference we could make in our community if this place is known as a safe place. Because if the police are right, there are plenty of people in our community who feel unsafe and are looking for relationships that are safe. And wouldn't it be an absolute privilege to welcome them here that they could feel secure? That they know that there's somebody who is not going to judge them but is going to listen and love them? Could you imagine the difference we could make to their life? The difference we could potentially make to a whole community of Western Sydney. Satisfaction is dependent on safety.
Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we we thank you that although you are not a natural safe place for us in your perfection and our imperfection, thank you that you can still be our place of refuge and strength, not because of anything within us, but because Jesus has paid for our imperfections. He has died for us out of love and he has reconciled us to you and that you now look upon us just as you look upon your son with great affection. We pray, Father, that we would model safety in all of our relationships, that you would inspire husbands here this morning to be particularly places of safety for their wives, but also wives for their husbands. And we pray for our community knowing that there are so many people who feel unsafe for whatever reason. May this church always be known as a place of safety. In Jesus' name I pray.